0: Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. I am back. Two weeks away from this podcast. Thank you, COVID. Got my voice back, my energy back, and I am so fired up to share something really incredible with you. So the last time... I did an episode, I was talking about the launch party that I was hosting for my new group coaching program called, are you ready? The Marriage Upgrade. I'm so excited about this program. It is literally my pride and joy because I know it is going to really change marriages. It's gonna help couples connect communicate, be more intimate, and just love being married to each other. So as part of the launch of this program, which is what the launch party was all about, I created both an after party and a pre-party that includes a series of trainings and question and answer calls and coaching calls. To really help you, one, start making changes in your marriage right away, but then also to answer any questions that you might have about joining the program. So I wanted to share with you some of those trainings that I did because the information was just so good. And I want to get it out to as many people as possible. And so even if you didn't officially register for the launch party, you didn't officially get on that list to participate and receive those trainings, I am gifting you all of that content and all of that information on the next few podcast episodes, because it's so good. And What I want you to do as you listen is really think about, one, how does this apply to you? Two, what are you going to do differently as a result of the information? But then three, to also just ask yourself, like, does any of this really resonate with me? Is any of this exactly what it feels like I need and we need to really genuinely make our marriage better? And if you find that, if you find that you love this content and it's so valuable and so helpful for you, I want to invite you to enroll in the marriage upgrade. Okay, so currently enrollment is open. It's July 2022 at the time of this recording. So enrollment is currently open and you can find out all the information about the program and sign up at my website drshavon.com. And then when you get there, there is a tab that says the marriage upgrade. You're going to click that, be wowed and dazzled by how amazing the website is. I love everything about it and I know you will too. So I am so excited for you to have these trainings, listen in to all of them, and hopefully I'll see you on the inside of the marriage upgrade. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to our pre-party. I am delighted that you have joined me live and welcome to those of you who will watch this replay. I am Dr. Siobhan Parat. I am a life and marriage coach and my mission in doing this work is to help you have a happy marriage and love each other well. I was actually doing some journaling on that today and just anchoring into why this is so important to me. And I think, you know, ever since I was a little girl, I've cared about people's feelings. And I really cared about people feeling loved and liked and cared for and included and feeling like they belong. And I think marriage is one of those places where that's exactly how we want to feel. And it should be the safest place, right? Where we've chosen this person because we love them and because they love us. And that's what this is all about. And so anytime we are not experiencing the fullness of love and joy that a marriage can bring, I'm bothered by that, <laughs> for lack of a better word. I'm like, no, we have to love each other well. Um, so welcome to this experience that I've created with that goal in mind. Today is kind of informal. I am just going to talk Um have a few points that I prepared on this topic of getting your spouse on board. It's something that people come to me wanting to happen a lot. Like we just want to be on the same page. I hear that probably at least once a day or read it once a day. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. This is the pre-party. Then the pre-party, as well as the after-party activities are just like 30 minute mini sessions, many coaching calls, many trainings, um, many Q&A sessions. And they, tonight we are meeting ahead of the launch party, which is the main event, which is happening Sunday, July the 10th at 5 p.m. Eastern. That will be a full hour and have a lot more things going on. So make sure that you are live for that and I will meet you there tomorrow. So for tonight, um, I'm like I said, I'm just going to share three points, and then if you have questions, you can pose them. You can type them in the chat. You can raise your hand and be unmuted and ask your question there. That is totally fine. I'm also just checking the group since I was unable to go live there. I just want to make sure I'm not leaving people behind that wanted to join. It's been a day of interesting interesting technology things. So my email service provider just wasn't sending emails. So I know a lot of people didn't even get the reminder about this call tonight until late. So thank you for those of you who are here and again for those who will watch the replay. So when we think about getting on the same page, First of all, I think it's important to define what that even means. A lot of times in marriage, I hear people throw out terms or expectations without much meat behind them. So when you think about this idea of you and your spouse being on the same page what does that mean to you? Does it mean that you are always agreeing and making decisions together? Does that mean that you are both open to compromising? Does it mean that you share the same core values or core goals, even though the way you approach them might be different? It's important for you to determine for yourself what this even really means. And some things, It may be really important for you to be on the same page. Other things, it may be totally okay that you, you know, stand your ground for what you want, and your spouse stands their ground for what they want, and there's no like conflict or issue, right? Usually, when we're coming wanting to be on the same page, it's because there is conflict and issue, or we feel that we really should be on the same page, or that we can't move forward without being on the same page. So, I wanted to really just like anchor us into thinking about what makes this hard? What makes it hard to be on the same page with your spouse? Now, they're the obvious answers in terms of you have two very different people with two very different upbringings, two very different experiences in life, two very different brains. There's so much research on just how The male brain and the female brain are just like completely different. They're wired differently. They focus on different things. They process information differently. They problem solve differently. And so those are sort of like the first layer of factors that really play a part in why it's hard to get on the same page. I wanted to take it a little bit deeper Right. So one of the things you'll notice about me and my coaching is I really try to sort of get to the root of what is really happening, because I think a lot of times, you know, we struggle and circle around and spin around at the same issues in our marriage, not because we're not looking at the problem and trying to solve it, but because the level that we're trying to solve our problems at is not the root of what's really happening. And if you're on my email list and have been watching the testimonials, my client, Andrea talked about this in our coaching relationship about how for her, how helpful it was that I was able to like always get to like the root issue right there is what she and her husband thought was the problem and then they come to me and they bring it to me and I'm like oh no it's this thing underneath it right and so when we're able to get to the real root of what's happening you just open up the doors and windows of solutions and forward movement so what i see as the real reasons that make getting on the same page so hard there're three right the first one is This tendency that our brains have to be in black and white thinking, it's either yes or no, it's either all the way or none of the way. And within that black and white thinking, what happens is we become overly attached to our own way. Right. So you have a picture and an image of something in your mind. You think it should go this way. You think it should be discussed this way. You think it should be processed or dealt with or handled this way. And when we're in black and white thinking, it's literally like we just have blinders on where we are so like attached to and like bound to it being and looking and operating a very specific way. And I know for some of you, and I've had people message me today, like, can I come to this by myself? My spouse isn't really thinking that they need this information, right? So I'm going to take this as an example of like, if one of you wants to get help for your marriage and the other person doesn't, it is really you know, that's a hard thing to not be on the same page about. And what I want to offer you is that if you think about why are you stuck, right? Part of the reason that you're stuck is because there is this black and white thinking. It's either, yes, we do it or no, we don't. And very rarely is there the middle ground of like, well, let's see right? And that's why I wanted to offer this experience with the launch of my new program in a way that it's like, just come and see, right? Like just come and see for the person that's hesitant and is unsure, just come and see. And I think for the person who is sure, for the person who does know, yes, I want to get help for our marriage. It is being unattached to that help happening, in a specific way, on a specific date, right? With all these parameters that we sometimes put around it. So I want you to just notice, like whatever you're feeling like you and your spouse are not on the same page about, where is it sort of this black and white or all or nothing thinking? And how can we relax a little bit in terms of how it needs to be and be unattached to our way being the only way? The other thing that's often happening is we don't sometimes see the value of compromising. And the reason that happens is because we have egos. We have egos, right? And I know like in the the world, we hear like the male ego is this, but we all have egos. We all have pride. We all have um, things that we believe we are right about, right? And so, When you really deeply believe in your own ego and in your own way, compromising feels like you're giving something up. It feels like you're, you know, I've heard people say, well, I don't want to be a doormat and I have to have my independence, right? And to imagine compromising with your spouse, it feels like you're giving away part of yourself that you want to hold on to. And the path forward is really seeing and asking yourself the question, what's the value in compromising? What do I get? What do I gain? How do I benefit from compromising? Now, if you ask yourself this question, especially if it's something that's very important to you, your brain might resist it. And again, as a coach, my job is to help you push past The limits of what your brain wants to think about to get to the other side, right? It's kind of like when you think about working out with a trainer, you're going to go in and maybe do like five reps and then be done. But your trainer is going to push you to do 10 reps, take a break, and then come back and do 10 more reps. That's how coaching operates. My job is to help you push the limits of what you've normally been thinking about so you can operate at a higher level. Okay. And then the third reason that it's hard to get on the same page is because of impatience, right? If you knew you had plenty of time to figure this out, to work it out, to weigh it on both sides of the table, it would be a lot easier to get on the same page. But many times the pressure of a time constraint really puts people at a heightened state of emotionality, a heightened state of needing to make a decision and a heightened state of, we have to figure this out, which then just leads them to be more attached to their way. Right? So I want you to think about even for yourself, what's happening Is it that you're in the black and white, all or nothing thinking, where you're super attached to things being your own way and you're not even able to be in that middle ground? Is it that you feel like by compromising, you're giving away a piece of yourself and that you're not gaining anything from compromising? Or is it that you're just in a state of impatience, right? Especially with marriage. Sometimes people just reach a point where they're like, I've had enough of be- things being this way. We have to do something. And that leads to, again, just a heightened state of emotionality where your willingness to compromise and you know slow it down and engage in a process is probably very low, right? I'm gonna take a sip of water. I got my fancy. Wine glass because we're in an after party. All right. So we know that not being on the same page isn't desirable, right? And a lot of times, what ends up happening is when you're not on the same page, you're frustrated with each other, you are blaming each other, and that blame leads to resentment. One of my clients, Actually, introduced me to this term called enemy mindset, right? So, when you're not on the same page and it just feels like your partner is so difficult, it feels like you're enemies, right? You have this enemy mindset against each other rather than having a team. We're in this together mindset, okay? It also leads to two polar opposite dynamics in the relationship when you're not on the same page. Either one person is trying to control, Right, and have their way and convince the other person. And on the other end, it leads to a lot of people pleasing and self denial, where it's like, I don't even want the fight with them. So I'm just going to do it their way. This happens a lot of times. Ironically, you might not expect it this way, but it happens a lot of times when the men are actually on the people pleasing side, where if they have a very um, dominant, wife with a lot of strong opinions. Most of my clients have a little bit of perfectionist tendencies where a lot of times the men are operating in this space of like, I'm just trying to avoid a fight. I don't want her getting upset at me. So I'm just going to like go along with this, or I'm not going to say anything about this, or I'm going to like hold in how I really feel. Right. So you can just take a look at your own marriage. If that's a little bit of what's going on. When you're not on the same page, it also creates this experience of just feeling stuck. Like you're between a rock and a hard place and you don't know what to do. And then the other thing is when you're feeling stuck, it literally blocks your brain from being able to identify and come up with creative solutions. So it's literally like this cycle that just repeats itself over and over again. We're stuck. I don't know what to do. No new ideas come. Right? So we see that you've experienced that. I want to share with you the three solutions that I have to this issue when you're not on the same page. The first is your thoughts, right? I'm a coach and coaching always starts with what are you thinking? Because the way you're thinking impacts how you how you feel, how you respond, how you show up to situations. So if historically you and your spouse have had a really hard time getting on the same page, it's likely that you have that belief in your brain. This is going to be hard. I don't know that we're going to be able to find a solution. We haven't you know, worked through these other things that have been constant issues in our relationship before. So I'm not sure this one's going to work out either. So when we're looking for solutions, what I want you to focus on is believing that you can work it out. Just anchoring in that thought, right? We can figure this out. We can work this out. There is a solution to this that we're going to come up with right? What that does is it literally calms your nervous system. You can even probably feel it in the way that I just said it, right? Like the confidence and the assurance of being able to say, we're going to figure this out. We're not going to stay stuck here. We're going to find a way forward, right? So when you have that as your foundation, we're going to figure this out then your brain literally like a machine becomes focused on figuring it out together, okay? So after you were able to do that, right? Just anchoring in the thought, we can figure this out. Then what you really have to focus on is identifying the problem to be solved not the person to be convinced because a lot of times when you're not on the same page, the focus goes to how to convince the other person that they're wrong and you're right. And I want to help you operate at a higher level where it's not your way or their way, but it's what is the actual problem we're trying to solve, right? I'm going to give you an example that I work with my clients through a lot, something I've had to navigate even in my own home, right? Where childcare, where one person maybe has more time spent outside of the home working and the other person is juggling maybe working or a business and childcare. So a lot of my clients have issues and it feels like a competition for time. Like who's going to have time to themselves? Who's going to have time to do what they need to do? And a lot of times the way that they had been approaching this problem is trying to convince the other person to give them more time to do what they needed to do, right? Which just creates a tug of war. And what I say is like, let's assume Both of your needs are equally valid. Let's assume that the time that this person wants and the time that you want are both happening. Right? It's not a competition. It's not like you can have time and I can, or I can't have time and you can, right? It's not that. But the only problem to be solved is who's going to take care of the kids? Right. And a lot of times the solutions ends up being finding a babysitter. Literally. Right. And I don't mean to like simplify that, but when you're operating at a level where you believe you can figure it out and both of your needs are important and valid, then it's not this tug of war between each other, but you're just looking at what is the problem that we actually need to be solved. If we're both good here, if we're both right in our needs and our desires, how do we solve this bigger problem? Okay. And then the third thing is really the communication strategies you use when you're talking to each other. So I have like this spidey sense for like demanding language, right? So whenever you're saying you need to, or we have to, that's in the lane of demanding, which is automatically going to raise someone's defenses. So some of the, you know, impasse that you might be experiencing is just from how you're approaching the conversation so you want to focus on an open and inviting conversation where it's like hey I've been thinking about this thing I'd love to talk with you and discuss it with you when's a good time to do that Right. I want you to really assess, like, how often are you starting your important conversations that way? Right. Usually it's like we need to figure this out. You need to do this. I need to do this. That's not welcoming and inviting. Right. So you want to think about it. And I've been talking a lot this past week with my uh, private clients about, In marriage, some of the formality and the kindness and the diplomacy that we might use in a professional setting just goes out of the window, right? Many times the way we start conversations with our spouse are not ways we would ever talk and start a conversation with our colleagues. So why, right? Like what if we in this space of improving our communication and getting on the same page, we were just hypersensitive to be maybe a little bit more formal, a little bit more diplomatic, a little bit more respectful and kind. Starting conversations that way really set you up for a positive interaction. The other one is the communication strategy of really making a request and not a demand. Right? So you heard me say, like, we need to, you have to, instead of what do you think about? What are your ideas for addressing this thing? How could we find a solution here? Here's my idea. What do you think? Here's my idea. What works for you about that? What doesn't work for you about that? What do you think? What ideas do you have? Right? getting on the same page requires that you are collaborating. And so if you are presenting your perspective without asking a question about what your spouse thinks or if it works for them or if they have other ideas, you're not collaborating. It's gonna be really hard to be on the same page. And then the last piece of the communication strategy is again, anchoring back to that non-attachment of really being okay if their answer is still not what you want it to be, if they're not on board with exactly the way that you want to do it, not reacting to that, right? Because a lot of times I think we get stuck with like, if they're still not on board or we're not able to find a mutually agreeable solution, it feels like that's the end of the conversation. But again, if you are truly believing that you can figure this out, That no or that non-solution conversation isn't the last conversation. If it's important enough to you, you will keep having the conversation. You'll keep experimenting with solutions and ways to bring this up to each other to find a way forward, okay? So that was a lot of me talking. I am happy to open it up to you for questions Or comments or feedback. You can type it in the chat or you can raise your hand. I'll let you unmute yourself and you can talk away. I'm going to take another sip of water to give you some time. I'm also going to check the Facebook group to see if there are any stragglers there who couldn't get in. And I'm also super comfortable with silence because I know many times it just means you're thinking. All right. Questions, comments, things you know you personally need to work on. Totally. Okay. If you're still processing it all. Perfect. We have a comment here in the chat. Let me see. Yeah, that's really great. So the comment is hearing what my partner said and not what I feel he said. That's so important. A lot of times, like we hear the words, right? We always hear about how important listening is when you're having a conversation. And I think we hear the words and either one of two things is happening. We're hearing what they are saying and then we're reinterpreting it through our lens and our biases, right? Mm -hmm. Or we're listening to the words and thinking about what we're gonna say. But rarely are we listening to the words processing the words, digesting the words, summarizing the words to make sure that what we heard in our ears is actually the intent of what they said. That's such a good point. And I think, you know, in those moments, it's so important to just ask questions. What do you mean by that? This is what I'm taking that to mean. Is that what you're trying to say? Am I getting this right? Right? Right. Whenever we say that, I think about, you know, if you've ever seen on TV, they have therapists, right? And it's like, what I hear you saying is this, right? I always like laughed at that. I'm like, do people really say that? Yeah, they do. (laughs) They do. And it's valuable, right? It might sound corny, but that again is sort of like the thing i was saying about in our marriage conversations we need to bring a little bit of formality and maybe even corniness to it i remember one of my very first early coaching clients i you know taught her to do that and she was like my husband is going to think i'm so crazy i was like he will but it's going to be so beneficial and it just over time became her habit and just asking that question of like i think this is what i'm hearing you saying is that right It creates a pause for both of you, because so many times in conversations where you're not agreeing, it just becomes escalated because no one's taking a pause. You're just hearing, interpreting, reacting, hearing, interpreting, reacting, right? But when you can pause yourself to just ask the question, like, this is what I think I just heard you say, is that what you meant? It gives you both a moment to pause and check in with what you really wanna be saying to each other. So that's a really good point. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Any other questions? Yes. What if one of us does not want to try anymore? Am I supposed to leave it alone? That's a great question. And I think a lot of people are in that place, right? Um, Here's what I say to it. If the person is still there. They may be saying they don't want to try anymore. But when I hear that, I like to question it and really understand why. And here's what's typically happening in a marriage when you are unhappy and when it feels like you don't know what the solution is, A lot of people cope with that experience by saying, I don't want to try anymore. I'm done. I can't do this. But it's only because they're unhappy and they don't believe there is a solution. So many times though, and I've had a lot of clients come to me in this space, they want a solution, right? If your partner is still there and coming home and showing up, there is a part of them that wants to be there. And there is a part of them that wants a solution. They just don't know what it is, or they don't believe there's one that will actually help. So it feels safer to say, I'm not putting forth any effort. I don't want to do this. I don't care. And so for me as the coach, when I hear that, I just want to dig into that a little bit more, right? Like, Tell me more. Tell me why you're feeling that way. And I think for the person on the other side who does want to try, who is willing to keep putting forth the effort, my best advice is always focusing on you and what you control and your impact on the relationship. So, you know, people message me today, like, well, can I come to this if my spouse isn't going to come? Yeah, you can, because this is for you too. Right. Even when I work with couples, the work is always you looking at you and how you are showing up, what you are thinking, what you are doing and the dynamic that you're adding to in the relationship. So if someone is telling you, I don't wanna to try, to your question specifically, are you supposed to leave it alone? Yes and no. You might leave it alone in terms of engaging in a conversation to try to convince them otherwise but you may pick it up by really working on being the best, most loving partner that you want to be. You might pick it up by healing your own heart, right? Because we have to address the impact of hearing your spouse or your partner say they don't want to try anymore. That is a traumatic emotional experience for you. And so maybe you pick it up by really focusing on healing yourself, healing your heart, healing those feelings, processing those feelings, and getting yourself to a better emotional state, right? So there's a lot of different ways that you can still be actively positioning yourself to have the marriage improve, but not necessarily engaging in direct conversation and trying to convince your spouse, right? There may be times, though, where kind of like what I was saying in some of those communication strategies, where you do want to be persistent and experimenting and keep surfacing it, right? We would obviously need to talk a little bit more directly in order to know what is the right step for you. Or you may hear that from me in this call and know exactly what you need to do. Sometimes we actually really do know the answer, of is it keeping the conversation going or letting that part go, but then picking up something else that's more within our control, okay? Okay, he tells me the solution and I physically and mentally said, I don't know how to, it's intimate issues. I feel like I've lost, and I don't know how to show affection. Okay, so that's great. That's great that what, what's here though, right? Which is exactly what I was saying is like, he wants a solution right? So it's not that he doesn't want to try anymore. It's really that he wants a solution, but he doesn't think the solution will work. You don't think the solution will work, right? So what I would say to this is back to that point that I offered in the solutions here in this call is believing that there is a solution, right? I would say literally for the next week, just get your brain on board with that. I work with clients all the time who have intimacy issues and there is a way forward, but you really have to start believing first, we can figure this out. And then when we brainstorm ideas and brainstorm solutions, a different part of your brain is going to be activated and receptive to finding answers. So I would say for you, like really focus in the next week, if you could spend like two minutes a day, just like anchoring in the thought. And when I say anchoring, it's literally just like sitting in the thought, pausing what you're doing and thinking about it and proving that it's true, right? There is a solution to this. I know we can figure this out, like literally rewiring your brain to adopt this new way of thinking. So thank you for that. All right. Anyone else before we end for tonight? All right. Well, I'm glad you all were able to join live. I'm delighted to share this replay so you can watch it again if you want. And if you know of anyone else who should be a part of this experience, please feel free to invite them to what's happening here. So we have the launch party tomorrow, Sunday, July the 10th, 5 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you check your time zones. And then All throughout the week at 5 p.m. Eastern, I'm doing other mini trainings just like this one. So that's the after party, Monday through Friday this coming week. And all of those topics are posted in the Facebook group. I'm going to do a little bit of work to find out how I can post directly to the Facebook group. But I will be posting this replay inside there as well. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm going to see you tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern. I'm excited. We're going to really have a party and celebrate what is possible for you and your marriage. Thanks for being here today. Bye for now. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly B-I-T forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. That's bit.ly forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.